broadcasting live from the SHRM 2021 conference at the Las Vegas Convention Center, it's time for Workplace MVP, brought to you by R3 Continuum, a global leader in workplace behavioral health, crisis, and security solutions. Now, here's your host. Hey, everyone. Jamie Gassman here, your host of Workplace MVP, and we are broadcasting our episode today from the SHRM 2021 conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I have two wonderful guests with me today. Um, I've got Josh Rock from Truck and Equipment. He's the Talent Acquisition Manager. And from Workology, I have Jessica Miller-Merrill, Founder and Chief Innovation Officer. Welcome to the show, you two. Thanks, Jamie. Awesome to be here. So I'm going to start out by talking with Josh, because I know you've kind of waited a little bit to connect with us on our show. Oh, we've been chatting, we've been chatting here, hanging out, talking with your guys online uh, via Twitter, you know, here at the show, just having yeah. a good time. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into talent acquisition, and, and just share with our audience a little bit more about you. So if you're, uh, any of your listeners are familiar with the Cartoon Family Circus, where the kids would walk around the lawn and the, in the whole yard and they have the dotted line, that's how I fell into HR. Uh, I started in uh, going to school for law, of all things, fell into advertising for 16 years. And uh, through that, I did 10 years in recruitment advertising and trying to be a trusted advisor to HR professionals across the country and across the globe. And left that organization and went to work for my clients to teach them what I was doing outside, uh, but then within their walls, give them back control, back their budget, back the power instead of putting it in the hands of agencies. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Um, went to work for a couple of healthcare organizations, recently left a 36,000 employee healthcare group out of Minneapolis to join a uh, truck dealership of nine uh, locations with now almost 400 employees. So a huge paradigm shift, not only in the industry, but employee size uh, to lead their talent acquisition efforts and just have a good time every day. Yeah, wow. And obviously now, you know, hiring concerns and issues. How has that impacted the truck industry that you're in? You know, it, it, there's impact. There's not enough students going into the heavy duty diesel programs. And so connecting with the schools, working in, you know, helping build curriculum to make that a, a more profitable venture for those, not only the schools, but the students, obviously. So that way we can continue to drive great business for us and then our customers. So it's, it's, going full cycle. It's not just opening up a requisition, posting it on an Indeed or any other partner just to wait for candidates to come in. We've had to be more holistic in our approach of finding, acquiring, and hiring great talent. Mm -hmm. Right. And so talk to me a little bit about that approach. Are you going out to actual like universities? I know some of the area, you live in the St. Cloud area. I know there's a big university in St. Cloud. I know I've been talking to you a little bit already. I know you're a big Duluth, you know. You know go Bulldogs. Yeah, go you Bulldogs. Know, Shane here from R3. <laughs> yes. he's, he's also a UMD yes. Bulldog alum. We, uh, we connected on Twitter because of our alumni yeah. uh, association with UMD. So, yeah, I mean, we I actively go out, uh, even in a post-pandemic world, I'm out visiting colleges already. Uh, I'm, I was down in Dallas recently. I was then in Denver. I'm now here going out and talking to students about the how their careers could go well in diesel truck repair and, you know, finding great ways about, you know, not only who we are, what we do and how they can grow with us and set themselves up and maybe their families up for great success through careers in this, in this venture. So yeah. it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and that's such an impressionable age, right? You know, are these, and I'm guessing you're, you're really looking at all students, oh. but you know, when you've got somebody who's, you know, going through their, 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 you know, program and they're trying to figure out what they want to be when they get older. 
um, you know, you can really have an impact. So if another employer was looking at taking that same approach, you know, what are some of your kind of your advice, if you will, on how you would approach that? You know, for me, it's all about engagement. Um, and engagement comes in different forms. It, through active questioning of the people that you're talking to, whether it's a student or a student's parents, about where do they want to take their career? Where do they want to go? Uh, what do they want to achieve? You know, those things, um, layering those questions in to create a, a picture, a painting of what that could be. And then finding where your organization, like mine here at NUS, where that resonates. Mm -hmm. You know, for some it's time off, for some it's pay, for some it's advancement. You're going to find those threads just in genuine conversation and questions with those students uh, or alumni from the schools uh, or parents looking at how do I help set my, my child up for a successful career. And then just finding those threads. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, hey, we're offering a $10,000 sign-on bonus right. and you know, you can start tomorrow. It's more about what do you want? Mm -hmm. And then finding that lane of va the value proposition from your organization and going through that. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned like finding that lane and kind of having that engagement opportunity because, you know, I've read job descriptions over my career. I think we all have. Unfortunately. And sometimes you're left going, I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe I like this job, but there was one word that kind of threw me off. So, you know, how can really, it's almost like how can that employer step out of that job description? How can they empower themselves to take that different approach? What's worked for you? So a great story. Um, I had a local or actually a national job board reach out to me and say, hey, Josh, you need to invite people through our portal to apply for your positions. And I told him he was wrong. Straight up. And I said, you know what? Actually, what I need to do is when somebody voices interest in one of our jobs through your portal, I'm going to call them. I'm going to text them and say, hey, you know what? I found your information. I want to talk about where your career is going and what we can do together because my job's not a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of recruiters, unfortunately, in the United States that act like gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. You're actually, what you should be doing is being dance partners, mm -hmm. helping them navigate that. to their career within your organization. Mm -hmm. And so instead, what I told this vendor, I said, what I'm going to do is you guys are going to bring me information. I'm going to digest that information. I'm going to actively reach out to them on my own through my own information, my own tools and technology and say, hey, I'm interested in you because now I want you to join me because mm -hmm. instead of saying, hey, do this for me, yeah. do this for me because they're getting the information. They're holding the power. No, no, I need to hold the power. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm the customer. I need to do what works for me, not what works for you and your technology. Yeah. And what you can then put on your advertisements that you had this many advert or, you know, candidates to customers, that doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. What matters to me is that Paul Alexander from, you know, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, applied for my position, has an interest in my role, was in the U.S. military, now wants to come work for me. I want to get him on the phone as quickly as I yeah. can and find a way that maybe this is an opportunity for him to, to drive his career forward. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I've, you're very active on social media with the Twitter because that's how you found us. Kind of, yeah. So talk to me, how do you leverage Twitter or how do you leverage LinkedIn? How do you empower even Facebook potentially, I'm guessing could be a really good avenue for you. How do you leverage that in a way that's helped you to get good candidates to reach out to? So in my current industry in transportation, I'm, I'm not going to find a ton of diesel technicians on Twitter. It's just right. not, it's not going to yeah. happen. Um, I can do it on Facebook. I can okay. do searches by putting in diesel technology. I can look for trucking. You know, I can do keywords to find 
people that have similar similarities um, or have posted something about it, you know, and then reach out to them that way. In my previous, uh, you know, industry in healthcare, I could do it much easier because I could go onto Pinterest and find a, a, a female in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, looking at recipes for something. And, but she also posted on her Pinterest wall scrubs that she really liked. Interesting. And I can say, oh, I see you're a nurse. We've got opportunities here in Minnesota. What, what's your specialty? Are you an ED? Are you in transplant? Mm-hmm. Strike up a conversation. Say, hey, you know what? I work for this organization. We have this many openings. I've got these many hospitals. Depending upon the kind of community you want to be in, I can do those types of things that way. Yeah. You can do a lot of different things on social channels based on what somebody's interested in. It doesn't have to be just their resume on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or you know that they're looking for a job that they posted on Twitter. That stuff's easy. Mm-hmm. You can do that really quickly. Um, but sometimes it's just as simple as finding, you know, uh, that that really momentous, you know, that moment time post about what they liked, and then find the correlations. Yeah, it takes time. It's sourcing, yeah. it's active sourcing, but you can find really good talent. Yeah, and sometimes going out of the the script of like this role helps you to kind of get that engagement that you've been mentioning. Well, and you talk about social media. So uh, a great story about Sherm. Mm. We're sitting here in Las Vegas. We all flew here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. You know, and I'm. I'm on the flight from Minneapolis here, and I'm sitting by four people in my row. I'm like, hey, are any of you guys going to the Sherm conference? All four of them said yes. Yeah. I said, anybody staying at the resort, Resorts World, the new Conrad Hotel was where, where I'm staying. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't been to Las Vegas, brand new hotel, it's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. There, there's their yes. plug. Uh, love those guys. <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, yeah. But this young man, his name is Ethan. He's from Minneapolis, was sitting with his mom. And they're like, yeah, we're staying there too. I said, well, why don't we ride share? Save each other some money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, maybe we could put on gambling or food or something like that later on. Come to find out he's a senior at a local college back in Minnesota looking to, you know, build upon his career. And I said, are you on social media? Well, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I said, well, here, we're going to do something while we're in the car. So I took a photo, tagged him in a post. And I said, hey, all my Sherm social influencers, I want you to meet Ethan. All HR leaders across, you know, here at Sherm, I want you to meet Ethan. He's looking to start his career in the next year. Let's connect with him and help build him and get to network with him and connect with him. He's over 50 followers now. He's, when I talked to him, he was at 18 Oh my goodness! on the flight. He's over 50. And these are all HR leaders. These are people that could offer him oh, an opportunity, yeah. could give him tips towards connecting with other leaders. It's endless. Yeah. We're walking through the hall and I run into Ethan. We're sitting with the other students. I said, hey, Ethan, how's it going for you so far? It's great. I met these people. I got invited to these dinners. I'm going to this social, all because you shared who I am at this conference. And there's this young lady from University of Tennessee, Knoxville, sitting behind me. Her name is Stephanie. And I said, Stephanie, can we blow you up on Twitter too? Sure. Next thing you know, people are following Stephanie. Her dad followed me on Twitter yesterday and said, thanks, <laughs> thanks for expanding my daughter's networking world. These are the Love things that. that we do. Yeah. You know, it may not benefit me as a recruiter at NUS, but if I can give back, I'm happy to do it. And that's part of the reason one thing we talked about earlier before coming on the show was Job Hunt Chat. Yeah. We've been doing a job advice chat on Twitter for over 11 years. Yeah. Every Monday night. I don't do it because I'm getting paid off. I do it because I enjoy it. I love mm-hmm. to give back because if one little bit allows somebody to leverage their career, provide for themselves or their family, good karma for the day. Yeah, absolutely. And engagement's the key. Not being afraid to strike up that conversation and start just, you know, getting to know people. I mean, it's amazing what you can find out and what you can learn, which is obviously what we're doing today, which is great. Exactly. exactly. Well, thank you so much, Josh. It has been you know, great chatting with you. I'm going to shift over to our next guest from Workology, Jessica Miller-Merrill. 
Welcome. She's the founder and chief innovation officer. Welcome. And talk to us, Jessica. How did you get into this? Um, I started a blog. I started a blog in 2005. It was a job search blog originally called Blogging for Jobs. And I was an HR director at a Fortune 200 company. And I was trying to fill inside outside sales positions and supporting roles. And I started the blog to be able to build a pipeline of candidates. And it's now became a business. I have a team of 11. And we provide resources, information, support, and training for HR and workplace leaders. We reach over 800,000 every single month. It's amazing. That is amazing. Fantastic. So now you're here at CHIRM, obviously probably been here multiple times. Um, how, you know, how do you leverage this conference for building on maybe your, your content or learning about what's kind of you know, trending within the HR space? So it's my first conference in, what, two and a half years or whenever the world stopped, right? So it's been great to hug people, shake hands, mask, of course, but just connect in person and have a conversation that doesn't involve screens. I mean, my business is predominantly online and the work that we do is mostly digital, but it's nice to just be able to randomly connect with somebody uh, on Twitter or add in a session and then learn more about what they're doing and what's important to them. I have a lot of access to different resources, information, and people. And so for me, it's all about connecting those people to other people or those other resources. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the best way to do that is in a crazy atmosphere like this where we're all kind of the same, but we're all different. Uh, but we all have that thing in common, which is working and loving uh, the human resources industry. Absolutely. And so for content, I mean, you mentioned it's kind of a resource hub. You've got different elements that help HR leaders. I got to imagine you've just been pushing a ton of content out over this last year, helping them with how to guide through the pandemic and others. So how, how, how do you create that? Um, and how are they accessing it? You know, uh, so predominantly, there's four different ways that HR leaders get access to our resources. We do have a number of trainings. We provide HR certification prep for HRCI and SHRM certification resources that's all digital and on demand. And then we also have a membership that um, allows HR leaders to get access to our library of resources, connect with me, connect with others, and then um, be able to just have aggravated, customized content delivered to them or training or information. So training is number one. And then we also have uh, a newsletter that reaches over 500,000 HR leaders um, at Workology every single week. And we organize and deliver similar stuff like the, the Biden press conference will probably be in our next newsletter, yeah. uh, just providing information to help them do their jobs better um, and to spend less time searching the Internet for it. Like we just deliver it up for them. So I'm like yeah. their trusted friend that knows all the things. Over yeah. cocktails or coffee that's like, here, here's here's everything that you need. We also have a podcast ourselves. It's called the Workology Podcast. Over seven years going. So that's been nice. a lot of a lot of fun. And then of course my blog. And we have over eight thousand articles and information there. It's uh it's this living embodiment of and a testament to how vast and interesting and amazing the human resource industry really is. Yeah, well there's so many different facets. You know, there's the legal side, you know, regulation. I mean talent and acquisition, like, you know, that we talked about, and there's also the hiring part of it. So if you were going to, like, one part of HR that's, like, your favorite, that just, like, gets you just all giddy, um, what would that be? 
Right now, I'm really fascinated with the evolution of the chief human resources and the chief people officer. I was telling Nicole as we were waiting um, that uh, we have been doing a podcast series uh, really since the beginning of the pandemic that's just focused on talking to CHROs and understanding what has their attention right now, maybe an initiative or program, what's their HR organization like? How do they talk to their executive team? And it has been amazing. We've talked to companies that are, you know, Fortune 5 CHROs, and then we've talked to companies that have 57 employees, their chief people officer in the organization. So it's really interesting to see how that's evolving and changing, and then the kinds of resources that we need as CHROs, regardless of the company size, um, need tools, information, technology is is really evolving. And it definitely has increased in the speed with the pandemic because we have to be able to be more flexible and pivot and agile. And that's different than it ever has before because we don't know. Well, we always didn't know what tomorrow was going to be, but we really don't know what tomorrow is going to be in the workplace. Yeah, even still today, right? I yeah, mean, it's every every yeah. single day it's changing. And especially if you're a global HR leader, mm-hmm. if you have a global organization, maybe you're in the U.S., maybe you're in India, maybe you have a team in uh, Pakistan or Mexico, um, you have to be able to lead not just your core team or your team in the, in the U.S., but you have to be able to support those employees everywhere. And now that so many people are remote, you might have... Susan, who decides to move to Portugal, and now you're faced with a whole nother challenge as a head of HR. Like, how do I set a payroll and taxes and all these things for Susan, who didn't tell me for the last eight months that she relocated to Portugal? And this is happening a lot. I'm seeing it. I'm getting emails, DMs, text messages of, you know, freaked out HR pros are like, I need help. And I have been drowning for the last two years. And now here's another... um, just pivot or thing that we have to become an expert on and support the organization and our employees in. That's fascinating because when they move, everything changes in terms of their employment. So, I mean, and how how an employee doesn't share that with them, but you know, well, they want to they wanted to work remotely. It. Like, yeah, I think the pandemic, like for me, I've had to really sit back and think about my life, and I think a lot of people have taken stock. Like, what is really important? What matters? Yeah. And 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 I hope. That if you haven't done that as an HR leader, you are doing that. And then also thinking about who you want to be in 18 months, two years, or five years. Not just who you want to be as a, as a person, like to your family and your friends, but as a leader in an organization supporting the business. And um, employees are making decisions and saying, hey, you know what? Uh, YOLO, I'm moving to Portugal. And right now everybody's working from home. So nobody knows because I can do it over Zoom. But they are just thinking about, okay, you know, my boss, I just want to show them, him or her, that I can do this here. Or, you know, they're probably never going to know. They're not thinking about the things that we have to deal with as HR leaders, employment laws, payroll, taxes, all the fun things. Um, And now it's not just somebody moving from Texas to Minnesota. It is somebody from moving from Texas to Portugal or, you know, wherever else. Wow. So... Quick question, because I'm just, I had not heard that yet, but it makes total sense when you bring that up that an employee would do that, because why not, right? Um, How can an employer be proactive in saying, if you've got ideas of doing this, I mean, is there a way they can gently put that out there without, you know, encouraging the, I mean, maybe like showing that they're encouraging, but maybe just, you know, is there communication that can be done? 
it, it starts with a culture of mm -hmm. trust and conversation. So Perfect. if HR leaders can, and they should be, and I know we have got a lot on our plate, so I hear you because you're going to groan when I make this recommendation, but you need to be investing time, as much time as you can talking to your people. And I don't mean your managers and your frontline managers and, you know, your executive team. I mean your actual people. And so that means popping into Zoom calls, scheduling appointments, scheduling meetings in person, remote, where, however you're going to do it. But the majority of your time should be spent with the people in the organization and building that trust and leading by example so that when Susan decides to relocate to Portugal, she sees us as a human being, Josh, Jessica, oh, I, sh I might need to let my boss or Josh or Jess know what's going on Yeah, just to check in. I think a lot of times we just look at someone who is in a position uh, of management or leadership as a logo, not necessarily a person. So as HR leaders, we need to lead with the humanity side of things, go out there and build those relationships, set the tone for the rest of the organization so that when Susan has a question, uh, because she's probably just like, you know, no, no news is good news, right? So she hasn't yeah. heard anything about it, so she yeah. thinks it's okay. Yeah. But then we can start to, to have those conversations because if there's one person that's done in your organization, I guarantee you there's probably 15, 25, 45 more. I mean, personally, my goal is to move to Belize. I want to be like part-time. I want to be in Texas. I want to be in Belize and, and wherever. My husband, he's a little bit different. He just wants to relocate to wherever my daughter goes to college, which I'm like, <laughs> okay, we can yeah. own a house. But I am, I'm moving to the Caribbean yeah. somewhere. I'm going to be snorkeling, uh, you know, on my days off and, and when I'm not podcasting or, or speaking. Yeah. So like this is going to happen. Yeah, and I think a lot of other people yeah. are wanting to do this. Yeah. Uh, but if we don't plan or prepare or at least consider this might be happening, because if it's not moving to Belize or Portugal, it is um, mental health conversations or PTSD, or I'm having a lot of financial problems right now, or other things. Um, this year has been hard for so many people, and so they're just grabbing onto the one thing that brings them some happiness and, and just fills up their cup. And for Susan, that's moving to Portugal. For me, it is Belize. And I'm going to talk about it on every podcast. I am yeah. moving there because I'm going to manifest and make it happen. Yeah. And then you'll do a podcast on living in Belize. And the oh, yeah. There'll be a whole blog and a business. Like, I can it's see It's going to be now. a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. No, I'm glad we're having that conversation. And I know you said people will groan at that. But you're not the first person that I've talked to at the show that has mentioned that about, you know, that senior, that, you know, executive level leadership needing to have more visibility kind of with employees. And that is a struggle, right? Because some of them are feeling the burn. They're, they're trying to balance all the shifts and turns and keep that, you know, organization strategically running forward. It's, it's the reason so, that I'm here to yeah. connect with the HR community, right? Because I'm providing resources, just like HR leaders are providing their employees and organizations resources. If I don't invest the time, like HR leaders are not investing in time, their people, I might go, you know, somewhere else and start writing about Alaska when I should be writing about Belize or whatever resource that I'm providing. Like, I don't, I want to make sure that we're connected together and that I'm able to do my job and what my superpower is, right? Yeah. Just like as HR leaders, we need to be able to do that. And that's really that human connection piece that, that people focus first that is so important right now mm -hmm. and moving forward because we will continue to be um, a hybrid workplace. Whether yeah. our organizational leaders want it or not, mm -hmm. our, the employees are speaking 
and they are walking out of jobs and making decisions or moving to Portugal and not telling their organization <laughs> yeah. because it is yeah. such an important thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that working remotely is less productive, but it allows for some work-life flexibility that they maybe didn't have in the same way before. Yeah, and are so appreciating that aspect over the last year of that work-life. You know, they don't want to give that up, so they're really holding on to it. As someone who has worked remotely for over 12 years, it is, it's good and bad. I do like going to the office because I can leave my work at work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, Jessica, how would they do that or how would they access Workology so they can get you know, that, those great resources that you talked about? Uh, workology.com is the best place to go. If you want to connect with me one-on-one, all the places and, and all the social medias. Facebook is great. Twitter is excellent. Uh, LinkedIn, you can connect with me there as well. It, you can also send me an email. I mean, you know, if, if you're not all on the social medias, and that's jessica at workology.com. I'm here to support HR leaders and help empower them to be better at their jobs and also better at just life. I mean, this is what, this is all that we have. That's one opportunity. So we should make the best of it. Absolutely. Love that. And Josh, if they wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? Easy. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, just like many other HR pros that are here. Uh, Twitter, JRock96, the hockey number follows me everywhere I go. Um, but if you're looking for job seeking advice, you can always check out uh, job hunt chat, uh, hashtag job hunt chat Monday nights, 8 PM central. Uh, we'll be there and uh, you can contribute if you're an HR pro and you want to help job seekers or if you have other job seekers that want to know more, tell them uh, to jump on Twitter and follow us along. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us. It's been great to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie.